Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. We lift your name up in our lives. We lift your name up in our world, in our love. God, you're everything to us. How many say amen? Turn to two or three people around you or close to you and tell them it's good to be again in the house of God another Sunday night. And it's good to start at worshiping God. What do you guys say? You guys agree with me? It's amazing to start worshiping God. It's good to be back at JTP. Yeah, I miss you guys too. I miss you guys a whole bunch. We just finished getting back from a cruise. Uh, first time in a long time that my entire family, well, not entire family, but my immediate family, my parents, uh, both of my parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, their two kids, my wife, my son, even my in-laws were there. We get along, all right? We get along. They didn't ruin the vacation. But it was an amazing time. We had a cruise around the Caribbean, and it was great. It's very relaxing, and at the same time, somebody asked me, did you get a chance to relax a lot? Because cruises are relaxing. I'm like, well, yeah, but when you have a three-year-old, and all they want to do is spend time in the pool area, you know, in the kitty games, you know, you got to be running after them. But it was just an amazing time. But we did miss you guys, all right? So it's good to be back. Before I get into the Word of God for tonight, something that God gave me during the cruise, I just want to remind people, if there's anybody here that's been starting to come to JTP Church and you still haven't gone through the forward movement, I want to encourage you. And I know Jesus shared a little bit about this during the announcements, but it's important for you to get involved. You see, the Bible says Jesus commanded us. He said, go. He didn't say, go and make sure people go to church. He said, go and make disciples. And disciples are people that follow what Jesus taught. That's what a disciple is. The word disciple comes from discipline. So sometimes we don't like to, you know, we just want to come and chill and, and receive a word and, you know, sing the song and stuff. But to get involved and to learn and strengthen our faith, sometimes we shy away from that. But it's so important in your spiritual development because God has a purpose for every single one of you guys. Whether you know it or whether you don't. Whether you want to believe it or whether you ignore it, God has a purpose for every single one of you guys. And the way you connect to your purpose is by getting to know God. So what we want to do is just be able to give you resources and be able to help you connect with God in another level, help you understand the power of God through, through his blessing. You know, there's so many promises in his word. And if you ignore them, you can't enjoy them. But there's promises of God to heal you, to prosper you, you know, to leave an inheritance to your children. I mean, all that's in the Bible. And sometimes because we ignore it, we don't get to enjoy it. So what we want to do is just be able to help you. And it's completely free. We even give you resources, books, so that you could grow in your faith. So next week, instead of coming at 6 o'clock or 6.10, like some of you guys come, come at 5 o'clock. Come an hour earlier, and we get a chance to share with you for an hour. We'll give you the resources, and then you can just tag along for the service. It'll be amazing, all right? So if you haven't done so, next Sunday is, is your day. I want you to go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 5 verse 22, and I titled today's sermon or today's message, His Outstretched Arms. Everybody say, His Outstretched Arms. And you'll see what I mean as we start reading and getting into the message. Exodus chapter 5, verse 22. We're going to read the last few verses of chapter 5, and then we're going to get into chapter number 6, okay? 
chapter 5, verse 22 says, So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me? Has anybody ever asked God that? No, God, why did you pick me to do this? Why do you want to use me? You could use so many other people. Charlie was testifying just a few minutes ago about his fear of speaking to people that he doesn't know. Well, in this case, he was your friend. Sometimes it's even hard to speak to people that we do know about God. And I loved tonight's testimonies because they all involved, I don't know if you guys noticed, but two out of the three testimonies involved overcoming fears, right? Interesting, maybe God's up to something. Sometimes, you know, when you jump in faith and you finally believe God and you, and you say, God, I'm going to trust you, sometimes things don't work themselves out the way you think they would. And then Moses is upset because God sent them, God chose them, and he told them, go to Pharaoh, tell him to let my people go. You guys have seen the Prince of Egypt. You guys know the story. Unfortunately, he thought that everything was going to be cotton candy. Everything was going to be easy. And the minute he spoke, Pharaoh was going to bow down to Moses and say, oh, yes, I received this word from God, and I'm going to let all my people go. And as you guys know, it didn't work itself out this way. So Moses is upset. And he says, why is it you have sent me? And look at verse 23. For since I came to Pharaoh... In other words, since I started obeying you, to speak in your name, he has done evil to his people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. For those that don't know the story, the Bible says that the first time that Moses went to speak to Pharaoh and tell him, look, God says to let his people go, he said, who is this God that you're talking about? I don't know this God, and we're going to read it now in just a few minutes. The Bible says that because of this, what Pharaoh did is he gave extra work to the slaves. Before, they were in the business of doing bricks. The Egyptians would give them straw in order to make the bricks. But now he says, we're no longer going to bring you straw. You got to go find your own straws, and you still have to make your quota for as many bricks as you used to have to present. So they had to make as many bricks, but now they had to go out and find straw to make the bricks. So now you know, these people are upset. They come to Moses and say, look, instead of you said that you are the deliverer that God sent you, but look, now we have to do twice as much work. And now Moses goes back to God and he says, why have you chosen me? Why is this going on? And look at chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, before we go to chapter 6, okay? That same chapter where we started reading in verse 22, let's go back to the first verse, 5-1, and it says, afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said this, who is this Lord? I just lost my place. <laughs> okay, here we go. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go picture Moses. He did what God told him to do, but now this guy said, I ain't letting people go. It's not going to happen. So now Moses goes back to God, and look at chapter 6, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. Now this is God's response after Moses starts complaining to God, like sometimes we do. God, I don't understand why does this happen to me. I've been coming to church, and why do things get worse instead of getting better? Well, it can be frustrating sometimes to obey God and see things get worse. Has it ever happened to you that right in the moment when you're serving God the most is when more stuff starts breaking out in your family 
and you're like, oh, what's going on? And sometimes you're kind of tempted to look to the side and see other people having the time of their lives, not living to please God, and you're like, what's going on here? But God always answers. Tell the person next to you, God always answers. And tell them he always comes through. He always comes through with the original plan. It might take a little longer. Your faith might get tested along the way, but he always comes through. So he says, then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will let them go. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Everybody say, I am the Lord. He's speaking to Moses. Now, it's interesting because verse number one, it's already saying the Lord said to Moses. And now once again in verse two, it says God spoke to Moses. So like, I guess in the middle of the message that God's talking or this conversation that he's having with Moses, now he stops and he, he wants to drive home a point. He wants to make something clear. That's why it emphasizes God spoke to Moses again in verse two, and he said to him, I am the Lord. Everybody say, he is the Lord. Now look at verse three. It says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. So he's like, look, I'm going to reveal myself like nobody's ever seen me before. And if you go into the true Hebrew, the original of this scripture, Lord is Jehovah. It's God's unique name. So I started doing a little bit of research. And when you look at the definition of Lord, Lord is one having power and authority over others. Lord is a ruler by hereditary right or preeminence to whom service and obedience are due. So when God sends Moses to tell Pharaoh, the Lord says, the one who deserves obedience and who we have to bow down and obey, he says, let the people go. When God speaks, when the Lord speaks, when Jehovah speaks, you got to respond. How many say amen? If you look at Jehovah, what Jehovah means, I love this. Jehovah is God's unique name, and it comes from the Hebrew verb to become. Everybody say to become. If you could resume it into a few words, it's he causes to become. What does this have to do with you? You're here at JTB Church, and you're like, oh, I didn't live 2,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago, and what does this have to do with me? Well, someone here needs to know that the one who causes things to become is on your side. I feel you guys didn't get the message. I mean, because I, I feel you guys probably would have reacted a little bit stronger and given a stronger amen. The one who causes things to become is on your side. The one who speaks and things just happen, like when he said, let there be light, and boom, the sun just came out. The one who said, let the earth be separated from the waters, and boom, it happened. He is on your side. Come on, tell somebody next to you. The one who causes things to be is on your side. This is so powerful because when you understand this, you know, you no longer have to live in fear. Like we started hearing today, so many testimonies. Oh my gosh, I had to pray for healing. I mean, I'm used to people praying for me, but now my little sister wants me to pray for her. And it's like, now I know the theory, but now I have to apply it. I know I have to speak to people about Christ, but now I'm actually going to take the step and do it. And I'm just going to call. When you understand that he who says things and causes things to be is with you, you no longer fear. You know that it's no longer your job. You're not the one that's going to bring about the change or the difference. It's God Almighty. It's Jehovah. It's the Lord. How many say amen to that?
Someone here needs to let your anxiety go. There's people here that are anxious for stuff. Tomorrow's Monday morning. You're already anxious. You haven't even slept and woken up on Monday morning, but you're already anxious about the stuff you got to do on Monday. Anybody here can relate to that? Yeah, right? Oh, bills you got to pay, stuff you got to do, things you got to take care of. But let the anxiety go because the one who causes things to become is fighting on your side and he happens to be your father. Come on, can we put our hands together for him? He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And God wanted to give that message to Moses so he could take to Pharaoh and say, look, don't worry about what Pharaoh does because when I say things, they become. And I have already declared, as a matter of fact, you guys haven't even been set free yet, but I already have the promised land prepared, and it's yours. And he told Moses that. He goes, the promised land is already yours. Maybe you're in the middle of a bad situation, but you know what? God has your promised land prepared. Maybe you're worrying about your money situation. God already has your provision ready. Maybe you're worrying about your sickness or a diagnosis that the doctor gave you, and God already has your healing prepared. We have to believe that he who causes things to become is with us. Now check out verse number four. We're still in chapter six, and we're going to continue reading right there in Exodus chapter six. He continues saying, I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. You see, the land was already prepared. The land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel who the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. God sent me here to tell you that his arms are still outstretched over your life. Come on. Could somebody believe that? God's arms stretch long enough to be able to reach you no matter where you fall, no matter what your situation is. And I love it because even though the people of Israel didn't believe this because they were still upset with the double labor that they had to do, when Moses went and carried out and shared the word with the people of Israel, they didn't understand it and they didn't accept it. They were actually pretty upset because of everything that Pharaoh had them do. When you just grab a hold of God's word, when God just says something and you just believe it no matter what you see around you, things start happening. How many say amen? God wants you to know that his arms are still outstretched over your life. He wants you to know that no weapon, no enemy, no injustice, no pain that has made its way to your life will be able to last because his arms are outstretched over your life. This title, his outstretched arms, came to me because one of our destinations in our cruise was, it's a British Virgin Island, and we got there, and they have this amazing destination called the baths you take a little cruise to an island called virgin gorda and they have these huge boulders i mean the size of this building i mean all over the place and even in the beach so you could snorkel and it's just a beautiful place they have caves that you could go underneath i remember we got there we had to walk about 20 minutes down this path until we finally got to the beach and you see those boulders you know we were taking pictures putting our stuff down in the sand and my little boy luca he couldn't wait to get into the beach so he started running, and he got, you know, into the water about knee length. The minute I saw him, I went after him while my wife stayed putting the stuff back. In a matter of seconds, he went between two rocks, and there was a current. And right when he went in, the current took him down, and just in an instant, I was watching him. He just was completely submerged. 
I just reacted by instinct, and I just dove in, and I got him, and I pulled him out. I freaked out. <laughs> my, I turned around. My mom was like, she was, don't tell Carly, because <laughs> Carly will pass out. <laughs> the funny thing about this is that when I outstretched my arms to get Luca, and when I went out, I pulled him out. You see his face? It was like he had the thrill of his life. He was like, woo! And God ministered to me so much because he never worried a bit. Even while he was completely submerged, it was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. He loves the water. Last year, we took him to this training where they taught him survival skills in case he ever falls in a pool and stuff. So uh, you could just dump him off the side of a pool, and he knows how to swim back. He could be submerged, and he knows how to pop up. As a matter of fact, if you put him on the side of a pool, he just loves getting off the side and just sinking his head completely underwater and coming back up. He loves the water. So for him, it was a thrill. And my heart almost fell off my chest. My mom was freaked out. God started ministering to me about how we have to be understanding that God's arms are always outstretched for us. You can't drown when God's arms are around you. Sometimes we live so much in anxiety. We have so much doubt. We worry so much. You know, there's an entire chapter in Matthew chapter 6 that God shared with respect to worrying. You know, don't worry about the money you make. Don't worry about, you know, what you're going to eat. Don't worry about, you know, where you're going to live or the clothes because God provides all these things. And then God says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will just be added on. It's like God's saying, look, you see the birds, they're never worried. Oh my God, am I going to catch a worm today or not? They just wake up, they give glory to God. When I come to church around 7 o'clock, that it's about to get really dark, on the intersection by my house on 67th and Miami Gardens Drive, it's like the meeting place for all the crows. They all get together and they just start chirping and my, my son loves it. So I pull my sunroof open and you could hear him chirp. And then Luca's saying, mira los pios, los pios, the birds, the birds. And they just get together, they worship God. They have no worries. And God says, look, I love you more than them. Why do you worry so much? You think that if I take care of the flowers in the garden, if I take care of the birds in, in the sky, I'm not going to take care of you? And yet, we become so worried and so anxious in life. And I believe that God tonight wants to show you that his arms are outstretched over your arms. Maybe you feel like you're drowning right now in debt or you're drowning in your problems or you're drowning in whatever situation you're going through. But God brought you here to reassure you that his arms are outstretched long enough to be able to pull you back. There's no place that you could fall low enough that he can't pull you out of. There's no place deep enough that he can't pull you out of. God's outstretched arms are over you, protecting you. If you fall into pick you up, and there's, there's nowhere that you could fall or you can go that God's hands cannot reach. How many say amen to that? I was there and I'm like, oh my gosh, God, I, I had the scare of my life, but you just finished ministering to me with respect to how I should be with you. You have everything under control. Tell the person next to you, he's got everything under control. Amen. doesn't matter how many people have shamed you, belittled you. He redeems you with his outstretched arms and seats you in glory. If you go with me to verse 7, we're still in chapter 6. It says, I will take you as my people. Tell someone close to you, I am his. You see, you're not a stranger. You're a son of God. Sometimes we go to God like if we were strangers. And that's because we don't know him too well. You see, relationship builds identity. When you have relationship with God, 
you start understanding who you are. And you know that you don't have to, oh, God, you know, please, if, you know, I need a car. But if you give me a 78 Buick, I mean, <laughs> just poison half of Hialeah. But, I mean, no, you have a God. It requires the same amount of effort for God to give you a small miracle than a huge miracle. So why don't we believe God for big things? Why don't we believe God for supernatural things? Amen? I heard somebody once say that if your vision in life, if your purpose and your calling is something that you could do in your own power, then that's not the calling of God for your life. Because God's calling is always going to require supernatural dependence of God, you trusting God and using his abilities and his strength to get to where he's calling you. So it's saying here, I will take you. He's still, God, the Lord, is still talking to Moses and wanting to give his people, the people of Israel, this message. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. He, how many times does he say Lord in these passages? Notice, he's trying to prove a point. He's saying, look, I'm not just anybody. I am Jehovah. I am the unique name of God. I am the one who calls things to become. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not keep Moses because they weren't from JTP church. You see, if they were from JTP church, they would have believed them and said, yeah, we're going to do it. Because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. You see, when you've been in bondage for too long, in bondage it could be to sin. When you're in bondage to so many other things, sometimes it's hard to believe God's good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is good news, right? But when you believe it, once you believe it, things start happening. And I pray that after tonight's sermon, that you leave this place filled with faith and with your head held high. Look what Job 49 says. Have you an arm like God? Or can you thunder with a voice like his? He's starting to compare God's arm. You know, we're talking about his outstretched arm. And he's saying, does anybody have an arm like God? I mean, God's arm is powerful. It could reach you. It could help you. It could bless you. It could pull you out from wherever you are. So many times we freak out when something unexpected happens in our lives. We get that phone call that we were dreading or when something happens that, you know, all of a sudden confronts us with fear and we start getting confused thinking that something might have slipped under God's watch. It's foolish to think that sometimes things can happen to us that God doesn't know. He knows everything. But sometimes it appears that, man, where are you in the midst of this? We shared once here in JTP Church a verse that Job himself spoke, paraphrasing. He said, I'm in this situation, and God, by the time that you remember me, I'm going to be dead. You guys remember? I don't remember exactly how the verse went. But just paraphrasing, he said that, look, right now I'm in this affliction and it seems like you turned your back on me. And when you remember, oh, that's right, I had my servant Job, I'll be dead by that time. But how many of you know that God never forgets his servants? God never forgets his people. He always has you in first priority. He always has you right there on speed dial. He knows what's going on. He's actually cheering you on. He's saying, come on, this is just a step of faith. I need you to pass this to get to the other side. But if you believe that my arms are outstretched long enough, come on, just hold on, just keep on going because what I promised is going to come. You may be in bondage right now, but you know what? The word has already been set and given for your freedom to come. How many say amen? How many believe that? The psalmist reminds us in Psalms 37, 15, my times are in your hand. My times are in your hand. God's hands are powerful. I want to close sharing you a spontaneous song 
that Mary sang, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she sang the song while she was pregnant, and after she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, which was pregnant with John the Baptist. And you guys know the story, you know, when they saw each other, they hugged, and the Bible says that John the Baptist started jumping in his mother's belly. And after that encounter, she starts singing a song. Some traditional religions pray to Mary, which is biblically incorrect and actually idolatry. Even if you guys, how many of you guys ever said the Hail Mary prayer at one time in your life, right? There's a line in the Hail Mary prayer that says, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Well, first of all, she's not the Mother of God. She's the Mother of Jesus. God never was birthed. God has always been. How many say amen? He's always been. And second, she's just someone like you and me that God had mercy over and chose her to birth Jesus. She fell in love just like we did. She had, right, a boyfriend, Joseph, and then she eventually married him. She served God like we did. She would go to church just like we did. She would go to the bathroom just like you. She was a person just like you and me. The only thing is that God found grace in her to be able to choose her over all the women to be able to birth Jesus. So the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.5, just to be able to close this parenthesis that I'm sharing with you, for there is one God and one mediator. Everybody say one God and one mediator. What's a mediator? A mediator is somebody to get to God. You see, because of our sin, we were all sinners. The Bible says that for all have sinned and have been destituted from the glory of God. Because we're sinners, we can't get to God on our own. But there is one mediator through which we can get to God. And what does it say? The man, Christ Jesus. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the only mediator. So when you pray, you don't pray to Mary. You don't pray to saints. You pray to who? To Jesus. That's why when we pray, we say, God, we pray to God help me, I'm going through the situation, or if you're giving God thanks, God, thank you for this amazing cruise, this amazing vacation that I just had. I thank you so much. You've been so grateful. I'm so honored that you gave me the chance to enjoy this, and I pray, God, that you give me strength for tonight in Jesus' name because he is the mediator, and then we say amen. So we pray to who? To Jesus, all right? That's just a brief parenthesis. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1, And now we're going to see this last song, spontaneous song that Mary sang right after she had the encounter with her cousin. It says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. You see, she was just like us. For behold... Henceforth, or from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And that's not just a promise for Mary. It's a promise for you too. You see, the minute that God comes into your life, no longer are you a stranger. You are now a son of God. The Bible says that when you accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that he did over your life, you're no longer in condemnation. You are now a child of God. How many say amen to that? How many thank God for that? We're not just strangers. We can talk to God. We can go to him, and we can say, God, I'm going through the situation. I need you to help me out. Verse 49, it says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, 
and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. And check out verse 51. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Everybody say, he has shown strength with his arm. I want to tell you something tonight. God's arms are still outstretched over people's lives. You may think that he turns his back on you. Sometimes we go through things in life that if we don't have a strong relationship with God, we don't know what's going on. And we think that God's not at work in the process. And we could just start developing a bunch of conclusions. And we start, you know, our mind starts working 100 miles per hour. And we start thinking, sometimes we even get to the point where we start doubting the existence of God. We're like, if God is true and if God is real, why did this happen to me? Why did he allow this? But when you start understanding God, when you get into a personal relationship with him, you start understanding that he loves you more than anything. That his desire is to see you blessed, just like any father loves to see their children blessed. No good father wants to see their children needing anything. As a matter of fact, you wouldn't even mind becoming needy yourself as long as your children have something. You hear stories in other countries about mothers not having enough food, but they're willing to give the last bite to their children, even if they have to go through hunger. Why? That's sacrificial love. And you see, that's, that's how God loves us. He loves us sacrificially. That's why he came. He gave his only son, Jesus Christ, so that you could live, so that you won't have to spend eternity in hell, but through Jesus and accepting his sacrifice, you could have everlasting life. How many say Amen. So I want to close tonight reminding you again that God's arms are stretching out far enough to reach everyone. If sin has separated you from God, his arms are stretching out to you tonight to bring you back. If shame has buried you deep, his arms are stretching you out to pull you out of all the emotional rubble and place you in the heights where you belong. If religion has made it impossible for you to live life in freedom, God's graceful arms stretched out far enough to bring you back into the Father's house. You see, there's no place that you can go, no fall, no slip, no mess up too bad that God can't reach out his hands and pull you back in. Just like he promised the people of Israel way back, a long time ago, he promises us as well. He says to you tonight, I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. I got everything under control. If you just trust in me, if you just trust in me, you'll see that my arms are stretched out and you'll realize that I was there the whole time. I'm going to ask you guys, stand on your feet tonight. Close your eyes once you're standing up, out of respect. We're going to just be praying in just a few seconds. But I know that some people have been ministered to by God. Every single one of us are going through situations in our homes, in our lives, in our careers in our family life, in our emotional life. And God wants to remind you that he will bring you out from under your burdens. That's exactly what he told the people of Israel, and that's exactly what he wants you to leave with tonight. I will bring you out from under your burdens, whatever they are, whether they're financial, whether your burdens are relational, whether your burdens are social, monetary. He will bring you out from under your burdens. And then he says, I will rescue you from any bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. Maybe you don't even know why you're here, 
But I guarantee you, aside from the fact that somebody probably invited you or brought you over here, or you just passed by and saw a sign and say, hey, you know, I haven't been in church in a while. Let me just go. I guarantee you that God was behind that decision. And his arms were outstretched over your life. And he has everything under control. And he brought you here to just remind you to stop trying to live life without God. Stop trying to do everything in your power because you, you weren't wired for that. You see, we were all created as dependent beings, every single one of us. Sometimes while we're young, we think that we could, you know, just do anything, that we're invincible, that anything I set my mind to do, we can do it. But you know what? Youth eventually leaves. You know, you start turning 40, you start turning 50, you start getting wrinkles, right? The way you felt when you were 20, by the time you're 60, you don't feel the same way. But you see, with God, you don't need to feel the same way because it's amazing to be able to enjoy every season of your life and to know that God is with you and to connect with God to see, God, what will you have me do? What's my purpose for this season right now? And once you have that connection with God, you realize that the whole time he's been carrying you. Not for a second did you ever leave his grasp. I love what we shared in Psalm 37, 5, when the psalmist said, my times are in your hand. Man, God has your seconds in his hand. He, he has your, your days counted. He knows how many days you're going to live, how many days you have left. He knows everything about you. And I just want to do a calling today for people that have been a bit anxious lately and just not understanding certain things and maybe you're young and uh, my parents don't get me and I don't even know who to turn to. I have, maybe you have a lot of pain inside and you don't even know how to let it out. You know what? God knows all things and he's not far from you. As a matter of fact, if you just turn to him and start speaking to him and, and give him a chance in your life, you'll realize that he has been by your side every single step of the way. And his arms continue to be outstretched over your life. If sin is something that's been bringing you down and making you feel guilty and separating you from God, God has the power to bring you up. The forgiveness of God is powerful. The Bible says that through his blood we're forgiven of all our sins if we repent and turn away from our sins. And God can pull you out and give you a new life. The Bible says that when we come to Jesus, we are new creation. We may have been weak before, but now with God, I could overcome anything. So I want to do a calling today for all those that want to bring your anxiety, want to bring your situation, whatever's got you troubled, whatever's got you feeling that God, you know, probably has forgotten about you. Maybe you're even feeling like Job. God, you turned your back on me. And by the time you remember me, I'll probably be six feet under, buried, dead, and it'll be too late. We could get dramatic sometimes, but God is with us. And if you just draw close to him, he'll show you that he's been with you this whole time. So I want to, while we worship now, we're going to do a worship song, and I want to open the altar. So if anybody wants to come up here and say, God, I need you. I need your strength. I need your your outstretched arm over my life. I need you to just cover me. I need, your, I need a little bit of faith. My faith has been by the floor, but I need you to sustain me. If that's you, I want you to come up front while we worship.